Okay, well, welcome back to another uh, episode of the Re-Education Experience Podcast, a modern realtor's playbook. Today, I'm again back with another incredible guest by the name of Jimmy Rex. Now, Jimmy and I connected years ago, and I was, as I was being coached by a mutual friend, Bill Pipes, and uh, Jimmy is from the Salt Lake City area of Utah and has basically done it all in business of real estate and all of just business in general, which I am really excited to unpack. Um, you can find him right off the bat here. It's just at Mr. Jimmy Rex on Instagram. He's got a small little following of about 150,000 people. <laughs> and uh, again, people love what he does. So, I mean, if you don't already follow him, uh, please do. He also runs his own podcast, and that's the Jimmy Rex Show, for which he's into the 430-ish episodes, which, again, I, I want to pull off some of the goodies from that too, Jimmy. Um, but that's incredible. That's that's commitment. Uh the podcast he does, and I think it's probably evolved over time, but interviews people from all walks of success, right? And not just the real estate world, which is what my podcast. Yeah. So if you do scroll quickly, you'll see some incredible names, speakers, success stories that Jimmy has the opportunity to uh, bring on and talk to. So again, why uh, I love bringing him on is just, again, the wealth and knowledge that he's been in proximity to is amazing. So um that proximity thing, Jimmy, this is something that's always drawn me to you. That's, you know, when we connected right off the bat, I realized not just at a surface level, but like a deep, respectful, genuine relationship level, you knew people and people knew you. <laughs> and, and that's that, that that's not built uh, by accident. And again, I do want to dig into that a little bit too, Jimmy. Jimmy himself has and sells, he's got a team. He sold over 5,000 homes within his group over the years. So again, volume is not a problem with a man like this. He's a multiple time investor into many different private companies, uh, lots into the restaurant world I've seen over the years and and has been an, a best-selling author. I shared with him the last time him and I talked was actually like pre the world of Zoom where he has his uh, the next wave of influence in real estate. And I got lucky enough to be interviewed by him. I don't know which chapter it is, but uh, uh, anyways, that was a lot of fun. And uh, now he's into... Uh, this movement that he's called uh, "We Are the They." Um, when you when you think about that, "We Are the They," it's pretty powerful. And the opening line in your website: uh, "Waste no more time arguing what a good man should be." Dot dot dot. Be one. I'm like, damn that that like even now it's got, I've got gooseys on my arm when I just think about that. So, um, we'll talk into that. Uh, from what I've learned from friends of mine who are in the tribe of men that Jimmy's got, it's really a place that men come, it seems to like lean into each other, Jimmy, to, you know, I think you're pushing them to rise up and become the best men they can be. And then it's seemingly the, the, these powerful words like unleash something buried within them so that they can better impact the world. Um, so today, as I formally introduce Jimmy to the show with this context, um, you and I could go through so many different paths on this podcast because of your experience, but just welcome to the show, my friend. As always, what did I miss? Dude, no, I appreciate you having me on. And uh, yeah, I, you know, I've, I've had a chance to be a part of a lot of different projects. And by the way, that quote, um, you know, that's kind of become our whole thing, but that's a Marcus Aurelius quote. That's not like an original. I wish I'd come up with that, but one of the most brilliant men to ever exist actually uh, coined that phrase. And so I just thought I'd make sure I throw that out there. But yeah, man, I, you know, I, I have a unique ability to take action on things. That's what I have been told. And, and I think that's the only thing that separates me from everybody else that's not doing 
doing things like this is, um, you know, when I have an idea and I feel inspired or um, like I need to do something, I, I take action and start doing it. And so I have been able to be a part of a lot of really cool things over the years. Amazing. I love Marcus Aurelius. And uh, I didn't know that I should have probably known that based on all the literature that I've read. But there we go. So Jimmy, um, maybe we start right with what you just said, that unique ability to just take action. I mean, where did that come from? Did that did something trigger that originally, like in early in your real estate business days? Or is this something that just you were born with and your, your parents? Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think in some ways it's a muscle that we exercise, right? Like when we do things and all of a sudden they either work or they don't work, but we kind of get to see the result of that. I think it empowers us to do the next thing. So for me, for example, when I was younger, um, I, I did have, I had a lot of older brothers and sisters and I had parents that were busy trying to work and provide. And so I just had to kind of learn how to do things on my own. And so I was the guy, you know, selling baseball cards or doing a lemonade stand or just running around the neighborhood aimlessly all the time or just doing these different things. And so I did try a lot of things. Uh, you know, my parents fought a lot about money. And so I was kind of from an early age, probably way too early than I need to be kind of like worried about money. I wanted to have money. And so I would do things to try to learn how to um, essentially one day be rich, I guess you could say. Right. And so when I got, um, you know, the, in college, basically, I started a uh, a company where we would go door to door and, and sell meat and steak and chicken and things like that. And then I started a, a company where we did Christmas lights and I started a TV show that ended up becoming a pretty big success locally. And, um, but it was funny because a lot of these things quote unquote failed like the TV show. I ended up actually losing money, even though we were the highest rated show on TV in Utah on Sundays. And, um, you know, from an outsider's perspective, if you just logistically look at it, it was a failure. But I got so much benefit from doing that show, the connections I made, the way people looked at me, the way that they respected me. And so even though I was only 21, 22 years old, you know, it's funny, I went and saw one of those episodes a couple of years ago, just from back when I did it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I was a child. Like, who let me do this? The, the, where were the adults in the room? Because I looked so young, but there's so much honor in it, you know, and then I did my meat company and I ended up, my partner stole this money from me. I ended up with all this debt. And again, by any uh spreadsheet that you would want to put this was a failure but everybody just respected me so much more for doing it. and so i had this unique benefit that a lot of things that were quote unquote failures i got huge rewards from trying and doing and so i think that empowered me going forward to try and do more things and so i don't ever look you know sarah blakely she uh lewis howe's new book he talks about this i just had a chance to have him on my podcast and he talks about Sarah Blakely. She's the first ever self-made billionaire under age 30. She created Spanx, uh, you know, married to Jesse Itzler now. And she talks about in that book, he talks about that she, every day she came home from school when she was young, her parents would ask her, what did you fail at today? I thought that was just such a brilliant question because when you can change that relationship with failure that, you know, the only failure is to not try, is to not go for it. And so I think for me, doing these things, and having them fail, but getting rewarded in these weird ways where like all of a sudden I was getting respect and people wanted my advice and people were coming to me and they were appreciating that, God, this guy's just going for it in life. And so I started to really lean into that. And the more and more I did that, it encouraged me. And I knew my worst case scenario. I mean, you try something and you fail, like who cares, you know? And so um, I think that's where that came from for me, just practicing doing that over and over again. Even, even the way I set up my real estate career, I hired, you know, Mike Ferry early on. And I mean, your job was to get 
hung up on 50 times a day to get one appointment. And I did that for six, seven years straight and crushed it. You know, I became the number one agent in my area all by failing 30 to 40 times a day and just failing more than everybody else. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that you said that muscle, right? To flex that thing and to get to get that as part of your foundation. Do you know in that in that that message about Sarah Blakely, about what did you fail at today? The, the framing of that must have been again behind that question within their family must have been that other depth to it to say we, we we're, we're striving for this they were they entrepreneurs was that in, in, yeah 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 they were very well off entrepreneurs and really understood the game you know at a high level oh, yeah. brilliant lovely I mean when that translates and comes across like that and can permeate to guys like all of us and again to see what you do I wanted to ask how does someone, because you became incredibly known, like I said, the context of the people you've been able to connect to even a decade ago when I first, you know, came across you, the steps as a realtor that someone would need to go through, and, and maybe stop me if you think I don't even need to go here, but that known factor that you've created and the connections you build business to business, how does one like inch their way towards that? It sounded like you started that through this 21 year old 22 year old journey into becoming uh building a show which seems yeah. just crazy to me that that would happen well there's there is a formula for it and this is one of the team things that i teach realtors to do is you know when i first got into real estate i wanted okay when people think of me i want them to think of real estate that was the big goal and then afterwards after a few years i said oh, i'm doing this all backwards i want that when they think of real estate they think of me and so everything I did was to build my brand as a realtor, right? Like realtors are so funny to me. Like your only job is to get great at what you're doing. Like learn what to say, learn how to say it, and then do it all day. But your job is to make sure that every single person that you run into knows that you're in real estate and that you're good at it. Like people do real estate with people they trust. And there's two types of trust and you need both of them as a realtor. Number one is I trust that you know what you're doing. You have to be an expert in real estate. So I was always doing things to show that I was the smartest guy in the room when it came to real estate. So for example, that book you just held up, Darren, the entire reason I did that book, and I sold 19,000 copies. I mean, it was a success and everything else. The only reason I interviewed 100 of the top real estate agents that were millennials across the country, and I put the book together. What it is, is who is Jimmy Rex if he's the one that all the experts want to be in his book, or if he's the one that's the head of the experts, he must be the expert in real estate. What that is, is the world's greatest business card. And so the whole reason I did that book was to have the perception of being the top expert in real estate. I would do a Facebook Live all the time, or I post things, YouTubes and things like that, that would show me breaking down real estate deals so people could see like, wow, this dude knows what he's talking about. This dude's learned some things. This dude's teaching me how to invest in real estate. So I became the expert in real estate. And then, you know, you're trying to get social proof all the time. That's what reviews are all about. That's what video testimonials are all about. That's what nice having a nice website. That's why we do social media stuff. I did a few other things. You know, I did a billboard when Trump and Hillary were running for president and they just said, you know, if you're moving to Cal or moving to Canada, I'll sell your house, you know, and it was just dumb things like that. But it just always made me the expert in real estate. And so that's part of it. And then the second part of it is they have to trust you as a human being. And so I was always just doing things. It's just a fun way to live anyway, but finding ways to get back to the community. So I do a monthly party for my clients. I still do it to this day. So I'm just setting up right now. I have I do a, a big firework show every fourth of July. Um, that show I bring in around 5,000 people come to that show. It's the biggest 
private show in the country. I mean, go all out. We have big bands. We do a hot dog eating contest, like have, you know, the biggest fireworks show in town. And so people have been coming to that for, you know, literally 15 years now, every single holiday. Um, I, you know, at Easter, I have an Easter egg drop from a helicopter. I have my buddy has a helicopter drops 10,000 eggs on the kids. And every single, you know, I rent out the water park here locally twice a summer and just all these different things. And so people are just constantly um, being like, wow, this guy is really giving back to the community. And I just found ways to create value for my state, for my community and everything I was doing. So your job as a realtor is to make sure that they trust you as an expert and they trust you as a person or as a human being. And so those were the two things I got obsessed with doing. And so all the marketing or all the networking or everything that I did was simply to even starting my podcast. Um, you know, you mentioned I'm, I'm actually 460 episodes in now. I started that seven years ago. The whole reason I did the podcast is because I had some really cool connections to people in the community. And I wanted to be able to showcase that and share that information that I was able to receive from them being close to them with all the other people in my life. And what happened is, you know, I interviewed the governor, that's, you know, Senator Romney. I, I interviewed, you know, the former governor, John Huntsman, who ran for president. I interviewed all the top athletes in town. I interviewed all the top business owners, billionaires, and all these different things. And what it does, you know, I mean, just today, I just came from a podcast with the, uh, this, the BYU, um, it's a local university, their head female track coach. She won the national championship two years ago. This woman is um, just a freaking rock star. And I just did a podcast with her. So we sat down for two hours. And on top of that, um, you know, me and her connected, like we have this cool, and she just texted me. She's like, what's your shoe size? I want to get you some, some swag. You know, you're freaking amazing. I love what you're doing. And so what it does is all of a sudden, all these other people in town are friends of mine. I'm able to connect with all them. And everybody's like, wow, this guy, clearly I can trust him. He's friends with the governor. He's friends with all these top people I respect from the community. And so it was it definitely was a strategy, but at the same time, it becomes a really cool way to live. You're just giving back. You're constantly pouring into people. You're creating value everywhere you go. Um, and so there's benefits to living that way. And that's kind of what happened with me as a real estate agent. That's how I built my network. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, there's so many things you just said that, you know, someone could just unpack and go deeper on and almost. By the it. way, copy what I just said. Like if you're a real estate agent and you don't have a podcast where you interview all the people in your local area, you're missing such an opportunity. Like just start a podcast and interview the freaking restaurant owner over here and the shop owner over here and the, you know, blogger over here and the influencer over here. Like they all want to come on your podcast and tell their story. And what happens if you even did one a week for a year, like oh, after five years, you have 250 raving fans that you are connected to that you're going to have this strong connection to. So like, I can't believe there's realtors that don't have a podcast that aren't doing this. And it's to me, it's just the biggest no brainer of all time. That business person to business person, like, you know, we are entrepreneurs. And I think sometimes us as realtors, you don't put yourself in that same bucket enough to say, I'm running a mini business. And then these restaurateurs, these, these politicians, these people locally, like you're part of that peer group. You got, you know, so, so step into it, like you just said, and go for it. Did you start your podcast that way when it, and then 460 episodes later, now you're, you know, really going after some really large names. If you went no, back I mean, to like I'd episode. Already, I already had a bunch of very influential friends. I was friends with Jimmer Fredette. He was the NCAA player of the year. I was friends with Garrett G of the Bucketless family. He's millions of followers on YouTube. I was friends with Tim Ballard who founded Operation Underground Road. Sean Ray is the attorney general of Utah. You know, those were my first five episodes. And so like I was, you know, leaning into all these people I already knew. And then as you start to interview them, 
if you know you get better you kind of find your voice but then they will start introducing you to people and then you just start paying attention and, and you know like opportunities will just fall in your lap i mean i got grant cardone a couple of years ago and his people interviewed me they texted me like they i just woke up one morning had an email from grant's team and next thing i know i'm on a podcast with grant cardone so sometimes it'll start to fall in your lap but you just start with like if the most influential person you know and this is actually a pretty good networking lesson i'll teach this one too because this is this was life-changing if you look at networking is like there's 10 levels let's say you know the kid that just started college is on a level 10 and Elon Musk is a level one, right? Like there's levels in between, you know, somewhere in there is where you're at. And the mistake that a lot of people make in networking is they try to go too high too much. So they'll try to do these giant networking leaps. I mean, I could get in a room tomorrow with whatever, um, you know, Jeff Bezos. It wouldn't matter. I have no value to Jeff Bezos, right? Like I could possibly get a podcast, which would be cool. And I could possibly you know, whatever. But when I found a way to create true value for Jeff Bezos, we're going to actually become friends. We're going to connect on a different right. level. And so in that sense, I wouldn't try to network today with Jeff Bezos. What I can do is create massive value for people that are just doing a tiny bit more than I am. So whatever level you're at, what you want to do is you want to find people you admire, what you look up to that are inspire you, whatever, that are doing just a little bit more than you are and figure out ways to create massive value in their life. So I'll give you one example. So I just came back this last weekend, a mastermind with Erwin McManus, right? He's the, he's my favorite author. He wrote the genius of Jesus, the way of the warrior, the last arrow, some of my favorite books I've ever read. And when I first met this guy, he was the keynote speaker in an event I was at. And, uh, you know, he's doing a little more than I was. He runs the mosaic church in LA. He's one of the top pastors in the country, but I really wanted to get to know him. I'd read the way of the warrior. And I just freaking loved it. And, uh, and I went up to him at one of the breaks. I just started talking to him a little bit. And I had launched my program. It had been working, my coaching program. I said, Erwin, I said, do you have a coaching program? Like, he just gave the best speech I'd ever heard at this event. I mean, it was incredible. Like, the literally, like, halfway through, I took my phone out and just started recording the rest of it because it was so good. I said, you're so good. You're so brilliant at what you do. You've got to, like, do some masterminds or, or do some of these other things. And I kind of started talking about what I do and how I did it. And he said later, like, you know, he said, dude, you were really one of the first people that gave me the inspiration and like encouragement to go do this. And now he runs his mastermind. And so, you know, he, a year later after that first meeting that we had, I was throwing my annual event. I want him to come be the keynote speaker. And, uh, you know, I couldn't even afford to have this guy come in. I mean, he's six figures to come speak. And I said, hey, what, you know, could you give me a friend discount on the, on the fee or whatever? And he said, look, I'll tell you what, I'll come do it to pay me. He goes, I'll even pay for my own flights and everything, but you've got to go to dinner with me the night before because I just want to connect with you some more. I love what you're doing. And all of a sudden, me and Erwin become close friends. Well, so at his mastermind, there was 12 of us and guy to my left, his company's worth $60 billion. Guy to my right's worth $4 billion. Guy sitting across from me is worth $100 million, just sold his company, cashed out. Sean McVay is one of the people he coaches, the head coach of the Rams. Like these are the people at this event. John Gordon, eight-time New York Times bestseller. I mean, this is us. And I'm there. And because of my life experience and what I'm doing now, I'm able to pour into some of these guys different things they're dealing with where they're helping me. So we're on, we're now part of this peer group. That's how you up level a little bit at a time. So people are like, how the hell did you become friends with this guy and this guy? Well, I became friends with Erwin, figured out value. Like, you know, by the way, not only did I help Erwin with that conversation. I then went and I said, hey, I'm going to buy 200 of your books. It's about to launch. I want to help you become a bestseller. Gave it to all my clients. Then I put them on my podcast to talk about it. Then I bought his course for $1,500. I just kept pouring into him, connecting, because I really was inspired by this man. I wanted to be friends with him. And now we're very close friends. I mean, 
you know, he refers to me as one of his closest friends and I would as well. And so that's the formula, but the mistake that people make is they try to meet people that can't provide any value for. And even if you get in the room, it's just not going to do anything. It's like, it's why I'd never try to go meet Peyton Manning tomorrow. I can't, I have nothing to offer him. However, when I met Tim Tebow, we shared a stage together and he and I are in the same field. We ended up hosting his event night to shine where we did the prom for the special needs kids. Now me and him text regularly on a you know weekly, monthly basis. We found value in each other and ways to help each other. And so that's the key to networking is to just find value and create that for people doing a little bit more than you are. I mean, that it's so simple, but so impactful yet. So forgotten by so many, right? You end up, you know, networking can feel like a chore for some agents, even though it seems silly that that would be the case because we're in a relationship in a people business. But when you say that it stays surface level for most people and they haven't put the thought like you did intentionally, not just to, not just to pander to them, but you're doing it out of like true, authentic, you know, you're connecting with the people that you feel there is a true opportunity to connect because of shared values, shared other things. And even just that, and then your visual, I can see of the 10 levels of networking is really powerful. But again, with that idea of bring value, I mean, that's really great. So well, and then by the way, every time you reach up a level, reach down and pull someone up, right? And so that's the other side of that is you're always helping and just that's, you know, that's the yin and the yang, the karma of the universe. Your trust part, your trust part you said there about being the expert, but then just being relentlessly showing every part of it. And the way you speak, anybody listening would be like, oh, Jimmy's going to bring me through the problem. Jimmy's going to tell me the story. He's not just blurting facts, because if you were blurting facts through 5,000 home sales, nobody would have listened to you a long time ago, right? But so that that ability to share the stories and walk them through that problem Again, I think realtors don't slow down enough to do it, right? They just they just make the easy post, which again, nobody cares about. Other well, realtors that. are the laziest marketers of all time. It's so easy to be a good real estate marketer. And there's very few of them. I mean, less than a dozen. Like, it's so easy, but they just put their stupid listings up and act like somebody's going to give a shit about that, but they yeah. don't. So it's fair to say getting known and being intentional about that has been a big part of your growth. And it is a good use of people's time. Uh, and this is all pre the world of what social is today. Like social media has so much changed since when you started this journey and you and I first connected and all the rise of a big part of your career was well before the exposure simplicity that we have today, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. So, okay. Um when did you get into the real estate investing world? I mean, every, I've always seen a thread of that for every time I've seen your way. And that's still a big part of what you do. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, I did my personal investing. I actually got into investing before I got in as an agent. And, you know, that's why I became an agent to kind of do my own deals. But I realized very quickly, in real estate investing, I, I got very aggressive in 2005 and six. I bought like 13 properties. And then my mentor came and Mike Ferry, and he was like, you guys need to sell everything. This thing's going to crash. And anything that's not cash flowing. And uh, and so I got rid of most of it, got stuck with a couple of deals. But, you know, I bought 13 homes, sold 11 of them, lost my ass on the other two, took five years off. I didn't, you know, I remember in 2000, November 2010, I finally got back to like dead even where I didn't have any property, but I didn't have any debt. And I, you know, because I did everything wrong, I got stuck with some pretty bad loans. I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I really put a lot of time and effort into learning real estate investing. Mm -hmm. I said, there was not a good resource for me that taught me how to do this the right way. And so I really plugged in, went all in on becoming a real estate expert on investing. And even the book I did with you guys, one of the questions is, tell me your personal real estate portfolio. And I was shocked to learn of the 100 agents in the book, Darren, 
50 did not own a rental property. These are the top millennial agents in the country. They weren't even investing in real estate. So even a lot of the top agents don't understand the investing game. So anyway, long story short, be, just learned everything I could. I even went and got my master's in real estate uh, from Arizona State University. I really wanted to know everything I could. Again, part of being the expert, like I have a master's in real estate. How many from a top 25 business school in the country? How many realtors have gone to that level, right? Like at the peak of my career, I was one of the top agents in my entire county. I went and get my master's in real estate. And so I just kept doing things to learn and become the expert. And so when it came to investing in 2000. Uh, 10, 11, 12 is when, you know, my real estate career really took off because I was the one agent that understood investing and I saw these opportunities everywhere. And so I went from, you know, when I got in, I had a lot of success, but it was kind of like, didn't know what I was doing. It was just the market. And then, I, you know, I was selling 30, 40 homes a year for a year or two there. And then all of a sudden it just took off. And by 2013, I sold over 185 homes. Um, and it just kind of took off and it was mostly investors because we learned the investor game. And so what we do is we teach people investing because for seven, eight years after that, there was real estate investing deals everywhere with rates, what they were and prices, what they were, they were no brainers. And so I got really good at educating my audience and showing them how they could get rich with real estate. And I mean, literally thousands took us up on it and we sold thousands of real estate investment properties and made a lot of people rich. When the market turned a couple of years ago after COVID, about a year after that, you know, prices were too high and just didn't make any sense. And then rates went up and it really didn't make any sense. So we quit selling bullshit. Like we were never just selling homes to sell homes. We studied over 90 markets across the country, found the two or three best markets for investment. And we started sending all of our clients there. We made a third of the commission, what we did in Utah, but all of our clients got taken care of. And uh, it was pretty cool. Like one of my clients is Prince EA. If you guys know who that is, he, he's one of the biggest influencers on YouTube, 3 billion views. He literally sent me a text this morning to see if I was going to this wedding of, of our friend of ours. But he said, yo, I'm ready to buy another investment property. He literally just, I met him cold three years ago, showed him exactly the number, sold my house. But that's how my business runs now. I'll sell 400 homes this year from texts like that. I haven't made a cold call since 2010. My clients just want more of what we've already done for them. And so because we took care of so many people over the years, the real estate investing, they know we know exactly what we're doing. And I will never sell one of my clients a property I wouldn't buy myself. And because I own over 30, 40 properties now, they can look at my own portfolio and go, oh, he's making sense. He's selling me exactly what he owns, what he's buying, what he's doing, and he knows what he's doing. And so that's why real estate investing became such an important part of our business because you know, I love my partner, Tyler, my business partner. Oh my gosh, he, he's the best. And what we do is we set up an individual strategy session with every single client. We sit down, we look at their situation, we break it down, we show them five years, 10 years, here's what's going to happen. And then we have pro formas on every single property. In fact, if your listeners want, I have a website I set up for this. I put together like a 30 page pamphlet that people can use to invest in real estate. And it breaks down these pro formas, how we set them up. So you can see how much detail we give. Um, it's just go to jimmyrexfree.com, uh, jimmyrexfree.com. I'll send you, you can get this 30 page booklet about investing. By the way, realtors, if you're listening, I don't care, rip it off, like copy the damn thing, put your own name on it and send it off to your clients. I don't give a shit um, because we're not in competition. There's millions of houses. And so at the end of the day, if it'll help you use it, and this is how you learn investing. That 30 page pamphlet is the best book I've ever seen on real estate investing. Like it absolutely breaks down everything you need to know. If you follow that to a T, you will crush it. You will be financially free in 10 years. You'll have all the money you ever wanted to have. And it's 
so simply put that anybody can follow it. And so that's what we do with our clients. We just take all the guesswork out. We take all the struggle out. So by the time they're done with their strategy session, they're not, we're not trying to sell them houses and hoping they say yes. We just call them up and go, hey, man, we found another house, fits your criteria. Here it is. I'll send it over. Um, if you don't want it, let me know in the next hour. It's going to go to the next client. They're like, no, 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 we're in. We want it. So all we have to do is find properties now. We have a list of 80 clients right now waiting to buy an investment property, and they know that we won't sell them one that doesn't fit the right criteria. So our teams are out looking for deals all day. As soon as we find one that fits, we already have the buyer every time. Yeah, I mean, that a couple of things you said. I mean, the amount of agents that just don't play in this space is unfortunate, right? We have so much power in our hands that we should just go out and wield it. I love that you also said something that probably lands with Ed Milet a lot, which was, which is, I know you're your coach right now, is when you get to the top like you were, you went further. You said, I'm going to go get my master's right? I'm at the top already. I'm going to go even further. And you separated yourself from the rest. Why people are texting you at the level of the connections you have and just be like, when's the next one, Jimmy? Where's the next one? And it, 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 you've created the business that um, you truly wanted, right? You can tell you're passionate about it. It'd be hard to even stop you from talking, right? Because of it. And yet though that permeates through to your clientele, fair? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, when you, confidence is knowing that you truly know what you're doing. Like you know, a lot of realtors try to go part-time or people don't really learn the markets. They don't know values. They don't know investment properties. So when you speak about it, people can feel like this person doesn't really know when you truly know, like I am the best choice for my clients to buy a home. Like the, the best chance they have of getting the best deal is through me. When you have that kind of confidence, it comes through and people, you don't have to sell people. They're trying to get sold by you. They want to work with you because they can tell, but that confidence only comes from you doing a damn good job over and over again and winning over and over again for yourself and your clients. Mm -hmm. All these failures you ask people to make and, and, and to, to just, just push for, have you ever been scared to share them, right? Knowing that uh, you're supposed to be the expert, knowing that you're supposed to be the one that has all the answers like you just shared, but then it's like, how, realtors, I can see even through my ranks of my groups, they'd be like, I'm not going to share that. That's going to make me look like shit. Well, here's the thing, dude. So it's, I had a beautiful coach that changed my life. She was through the Tony Robbins organization. Her name's Melissa. I actually brought her on. She runs the Queens edition of my program now, my coaching program. And uh, she had a 22 years with Tony, but she, uh, she taught me one time. She it was a superpower. She said, Jimmy, she said, you're most lovable when you're vulnerable, authentic, and in integrity. And she said, you're so afraid to let yourself be seen and be vulnerable. But every time you do it, it's when people fall in love with you. And so I started trying it and started sharing things that weren't so pretty or weren't so amazing about me. And I could tell that people connected all of a sudden it was okay for them not to be okay around me. It was okay for them to share their own vulnerabilities because we all have things that, you know, aren't so pretty if we look under the, the glass. And so ultimately um, I learned that vulnerability is a superpower. And now I am able to use that both in my personal life, in my business, like with my coaching program. The first thing I do when these men get together is I share my whole story and it's all the non-pretty parts and it gets very vulnerable and it's scary still to share it. Yes, it is. But also I see how the men react and then it opens up avenues for them to share their stories. And that's why my program's grown so quickly because it's one of the few places that men can go and really talk about what's going on and talk about their feelings. And, um, and, you know, we had a guy just at my event two weeks ago, got up and shared, he said, we create this, you know, containers very safe through a whole series of things that we do. And, um, and he got up and he, you know, he said, um, I'm going to share some of these words that never come out of my mouth before. I've never even told my wife, but I was sexually 
uh, molested as a kid. And I've never shared it with anyone. And uh, he's telling the story and he's bawling. And, you know, and after he's done, 50 dudes freaking surround this guy and are hugging him and loving on him. And everybody's just making sure he's okay. And, you know, that vulnerability is what causes us to break through. He's never felt safe his whole life to talk about this. All of a sudden he did. And he's getting all these gifts are coming into his life now. Like he's able to feel like he's put down this sack of, you know, rocks that he's been carrying around his whole life. And so that's where, you know, it's going back to it. I mean, vulnerability, you got to exercise the muscle. You got to trust it. And you'll see, you know, that, oh, people actually accept me as I am. Like, I'm just enough. I don't have to prove myself all the time. I don't have to be perfect. It's actually really gross when people try to act like their life's perfect because everybody's got bullshit. And so when you're not willing to go there, it just keeps everything very surface as far as your relationships and friendships go. So when, when, when an agent does this and they get past that hump, and they start going there, or this this gentleman that you just shared. What what changes in their next steps do you find? Like you've seen this happen a few times, right? They have a there's a almost like this 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 like you said something's been lifted, but but what happens is it just well. So I, let me explain it another way. <clears throat> um, I had an agent or a, not an agent, a guy in my program. He uh, him and his wife um, came from a religious background. And he was a security guard and he would work undercover or not undercover, he would work with um like a a touring band, basically a rapper, and they would go to strip clubs a lot. And he never told his wife. And he joins the program after three or four months, decides he wants to get this off his chest and tell his wife. He says, you know, I've lived with this fear that she's gonna leave me, she's gonna reject me, she's gonna be hurt, she's not gonna trust me, all which is all valid, right? Um, and he goes and he tells her, and he says, For the first four hours, she wouldn't talk to me. Then she came up. And she told me she loves me and she was grateful that I told her. He said, Jimmy, for the first time in my life, I actually know that my wife loves me. He said every other time she said it, in the back of my mind, all I could think was, if she really knew who I was, she wouldn't love me. Mm. Because now she knows all the bullshit. She knows all the ugliness. I told her everything and she still loves me. And all of a sudden that bucket that had holes in it doesn't have any holes anymore. And so when people are pouring into you, they're pouring love into you, you actually receive it. You can actually feel it. And so that's the superpower of being vulnerable and getting into an integrity. And so when you do that, you trust the love you're getting, you break these uh, energetic barriers that you have between people. And so I guess the biggest change comes, you just show up in life a different way. You have a new confidence about you. You trust the people in your life. You can trust the love that you're getting. And that changes everything. I think that was stated just insanely beautifully, buddy. Like that, 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 just that, that reframe of that. Uh, and then how you go about just like you go back to the confidence of being that expert realtor, you know, nobody can find the better investment deal for you because of that confidence. When you're going through life through that, that bucket without the holes, you're showing up again, in a completely different light, you're making that post, you're making that phone call, you're, you're interacting in a completely different way. Uh, that, that gives me goosebumps, man. That's a, that's pretty powerful. Now, I know we don't have a ton of time, man, we could go through a 100 things. Um, your group is for men, right? Not everybody can take part in it. You've got the Queens group that's rolled out, which is amazing to see. And I've been watching that that journey. I mean, what about that? Should anybody who maybe is listening and looking to their local markets and their local people that, okay, I can't experience the we are the they movement right now. And maybe until you're going to bring it all around the world, I'm sure that's part of the journey. But like, what should somebody lean on that you think is out there 
that isn't your program um, that they could tap into to to help them in this journey because you've you've made such sure. a impact. Well, there's and there's five pillars I've kind of based my program off of. And what you want to do is you want to find a community that has this. Um, and by the way, my program is national. Over half the people in my group don't live in a local area. And so if people want to join, uh, just go to Watt Movement, W-A-T-T movement.com. It is national. It's for everybody. Um, you know, we have guys from Canada. We have people awesome. from Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Are you currently bringing on more at this point? Yeah. So we're open enrollment right now for our tribe. Our leadership group, the Knicks group, will launch in September. I don't know when this will come out. But um, so, yes, we're always taking on new members, though. Yeah. Um, but that being said, so there's five pillars that you want to get like this is what and what this is about is if you want to have real change, like if you really want your life to up level, these are the five pillars you've got to have. Number one is you got to take a moral stand, like whatever the thing is that's out of integrity in your life, you got to stop. Like if it's um, cheating on your spouse, if it's lying, if it's stealing, if it's just being dishonest in your dealings, if you're lazy, whatever the thing is that you're not doing, you've got to take a moral stand. That's number one. Number two is you got to change your behavior. Like we absolutely have to figure out what are the two or three things I need to stop doing and what's the one to two things I probably need to start doing. A lot of times we just have to forget what we've already forgotten. Like we have to, you know, just basically quit doing the things that are sabotaging our life. We all know what that is, like whatever your thing is. But in order to get that, you have to have the third pillar, which is constant accountability, right? Like if you don't have a group that's there, if you don't have accountability to whatever it is you're doing, it's just not going to happen. I mean, I hurt my elbow about a month ago. We brought in some UFC fighters with my guys and we wrestled and some pretty aggressive stuff. Court McGee and Sean O'Connell too. I mean, Sean won the million dollar event that they did. And I mean, they're big UFC fighters and, and uh, we went pretty hard on each other. And I guess being an old man, not so good, but I hurt my elbow. My point of that was, is I haven't been working with my personal trainer for the last three weeks because my elbow's jacked. And I got to be honest, like I started out fine. I was doing a hike every day, pushing myself, working just as hard. But without that accountability, I just haven't been doing it every single day. And so having that constant accountability, which is what we do with my group, we have a call every week. You have an accountability group you check in with every day. We have these mini mastermind groups you meet with once a month, and then we all meet once a quarter. We have two annual events for the big for the whole group. So you're having this constant accountability to that. The fourth one is you got to have support from a community. You've got to have a community of like-minded people that are trying to do the same things that you are. And that's one of the pillars that we stand on. I mean, if you go to my page, you go to the We Are The They Instagram page, you'll see. I mean, I had, you know, one of my guys in my group, his wife, had a birthday party last Friday, over 20 of the guys with their wives showed up for her party. I mean, it was crazy. He, I actually went on a walk with him this morning. He goes, bro, two years ago, I couldn't have got 20 people at that party. We had a hundred because of this community. Like that support that we have on each other, um, it's invaluable. And so that's the fourth piece. And then the fifth one is you got to find a mentor. Basically find out somebody that's where you want to be, somebody that's gone through what you want to do. Real estate, it's the easiest thing in the world. You that's what I did. I just found, all right, who's doing this at the level I want to do it? Who's doing yeah. it the best? And then I went and shadowed them. And then I just copied my business after theirs. That's how I built my whole business. It's like, it's so easy, but it, we complicate it. But find a mentor, find somebody that's where you want to be. That's why I hired, you mentioned earlier, Ed Milet, as you mentioned, is my one-on-one coach this year. Well, Ed is where I want to be in a couple of years. And so who did I go to? I went to Ed. Like he personally is coaching me. As soon as I'm done with this podcast, that's why we have to end early because I have a call with him. And unfortunately, I can't miss that because every minute I miss of that is a lot of money that I don't want to waste. And so my point is, is like I hire the best people 
the people that inspire me, the people that are where I want to be. And then I learn from them. And so that's why my program is working. That's why we're growing so much is because it truly covers those five pillars. So you get real change. And when you start seeing the change, when everyone around you starts seeing the change, it becomes pretty addicting, whatever it is you're doing that's helping you get it. Oh, I can only imagine. I've been a part of portions of that. And 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 when I when you have when you've tasted some of that and then you don't have it, like you said, you crave that back. So man, I know you've got to run. It's been awesome. I could do this for hours. I've been dying to have you and pick your brain. And, and I know you just continue to grow as a human, which is amazing. And you're just giving back to so many. So the best place to follow you is it is it Instagram, the Mr. Jimmy Rex and check out the the Watt. Uh, yeah, movement. the best place is Mr. Jimmy Rex. And by the way, guys, if you have any questions, I answer everybody. I personally do my DMs. If you have a question, it's like a real question, like just DM me, uh, Mr. Jimmy Rex, give me a follow and I'll always get back to you. I, I love to, you know, help any way I can. Amazing. Well, with that final, thank you, Jimmy. If you don't follow him, follow him, subscribe to his show until next time. This has been another re-education experience podcast. Thank you, my friends. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you, buddy.